0: GST, to pay GST or not to pay GST, that is always the question. Now there's so many things that you get confused already with commercial property. GST just seems to be another thing on top of it. Now, a lot of people say, well, GST is whether you have a going concern or not a going concern. Exactly what is a going concern? Well, a going concern is when you actually have a tenant in the property. The property becomes a going concern, therefore it's GST exempt. But you have to be registered for a GST just like the seller has to be registered for GST in order for you to claim that. Now, if you don't have a tenant, it is now a vacant property, so you have GST on top of it. And that's an extra 10% you have to come up with at settlement. Now, if you're doing an uplift, that's a considerable consideration to, to think about. But what if you have a month-to-month tenant, a short-term tenant? What if you just have your storage rented out? But what if you have a property that doesn't have a tenant when it started with, but had it a tenant at the end? All of these questions will be answered this podcast on GST to pay or not to pay, and when is it applicable? So join me for this podcast. What I would like to to talk to you today about is that there's certain leases that have GST and certain rents that have GST and then there's purchasing of GST and I think a lot of our clients get confused and I'm sure you out there as a viewer do get confused and I get asked this question still all the time about GST and how and where is applicable and what can they do about it and everything and while I'm not an accountant and you probably should seek a professional advice uh, I can tell you how we do it and operate in practice and this is all about this YouTube channel is all about things in practice and really getting you honed in and, and you know, find out more about how to invest in commercial real estate. So today let's talk about GST, the fun, fun, fun thing about GST, right? So how uh, where is GST applicable? So you're going to see some commercial property ads that has, you know, say 1.1 million plus GST, right? And then down the bottom you're going to see that this property has got a tenant in it and the tenant might be paying $70,000. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I thought that properties with GST like it is applicable to a property when there's no tenant in it. Now there's a tenant. Why am I being charged GST, right? And you get very confused about the ad, right? But the thing is, the reason it adds GST is because the agent may not know whether the tenant will stay or won't stay. And they don't want to promise that there is no GSC applicable in case they get a buyer that says, Hey, I don't really want the tenant in there. So let's say the tenant's on a short lease and their lease is going to expire. You know, let's say in about six months time, right? And you get into, to the transaction and you go, Well, I actually don't really want the tenant to, to be there after six months. I want to own or occupy the property. Well, by the time you settle on the property, it could be the fact that you have to pay GST on it because the property becomes vacant, right? So how GST works in commercial real estate and the purchasing level, before we get to the lease and we'll talk about the purchasing level, is that number one, if it has a tenant in it, it's what we call a going concern. So GST is not applicable. So there's no GST on the purchase price when there is a tenant in it. Now, it has to be a real tenant. So it can't be an ATM and it can't be like a storage shed out of the premise that is rented, right? So if you have an empty premise but you're renting out the car space or the storage shed uh, or you have an ATM at the front, that's not really counted, right? It has to be a real tenant. So the tenant can be on month-to-month tenant. Uh, the tenant can be there for a long time and their lease have expired but they're still in occupation and they're just unrolling leases. The tenant could be there and technically... Not on the lease, because you know their lease expired and no one got it signed up and there was no provisions for them to continue, but they they're there they're still paying the rent. The premise is technically still rented out. It is still a going concern. Of course, there's also properties that have just got a recent new lease signed. So let's say that' it's it was advertised at you know one million plus GST, so effectively you're paying 1.1 million for it, but you, remember you do get the GST back, and I'll explain that later. Let's say it is applicable for GST, but then through the process of them marketing it, they actually do find a tenant, and by the time they've gone into contract and you're buying it, it has a tenant in it with a brand new lease that may start sometime before you settle on the property. So let's say that you're buying the 1st of April and you're settling the 1st of June. Sometime in May, the tenant is starting operation in the property. So the lease starts 1st of May. Lease starts 1st of May. It means that then the next stage is that the Lease, uh, the the property has a lease and now it's a going concern. So no GST applicable at settlement, right? So there's a few variations, but just remember tenant, no GST, no tenant plus GST. How does that work? So let's say that there is a property out there for a million dollars and you want to buy a vacant and you want to do the uplift and you want to do the refurbishment. It's plus GST. Now, because it's vacant, no tenant is not classified as a going concern, so therefore you have to pay GST on top of that 1 million. And it is 10%. So if it's 800,000, it's 80,000, it's a mil, it's, it's, it's a hundred grand, right? So a three million is 300 grand. So that's can be a lot of money. And that's why people prefer, if you're owner occupier, a lot of people prefer to buy someone who's on a month to month lease and kick them out. Or if you're doing uplift, a lot of people prefer tenants on a short lease with, you know, six months to run and then eventually kick them out, right? But what you do need to know is that you get your GST back. Right. You get it back. You get it back next quarter. So GST is what they call a the credit debit system. And what's a credit debit system is that if you collect more than you've paid out, then you need to pay more back to the government. If you paid out more and you collected less, then the government owes you a refund. So how does that work? Say you buy the property for a mil plus a GST, so 10%. So when you go to settle the property is one million plus so 1.1 mil, that 100 grand gets paid to the vendor. So the vendor, the person who's selling the property, and the vendor has to pay that 100 grand to the tax office. So you've paid out technically, by the vendor, 100 grand to the tax office, right? And when you go uh, at the end of a BAS quarter, so BAS is when they calculate GST, and that's usually in quarters at the end of March, end of June, uh, end of September, end of December. So at that quarter, What you do is then you get a, uh, then you look at how much GST you've actually collected. Let's say that you've settled on the property and you've paid the 100 grand, but you know, at the end of June, which you know uh, was only a month away from your settlement, you actually have collected no GST because there's no rent on the premise. You've paid out the 100 grand. Then you actually get your full 100 grand back. You actually get your full 100 grand back. Your full 100 grand back from the government, right? From the ATO, from from the tax office. So you do, you lodge this BAS and you say, well, I bought this and this was a GST I paid. You obviously show them the evidence if they ask for it and they give you the money back. So you do get it back. And so the way to buy a vacant property is usually is we try to get it to settle very close to the end of a quarter. So let's say, end of march end of june end of september we're trying to get the settle very close to the quarter right and that's how you can quickly put in your 100k and get that back almost within a couple of weeks right so it is a cash flow bit of a cash flow drain at the time but you do get the money back so that's how gst works on the purchasing level now in order for it to to work as a going concern in order for you to get the exemption on gst because it probably has a tenant in it both you and the vendor has to be registered for GST. So you have to be registered for GST. So if you're buying your personal name, you have to be registered for GST. If you are uh, buying in an entity or a company, the company has to be registered for GST. So make sure that happens. Now, as long as you're registered for GST before settlement, it's fine. So if you get into the contract and you're not registered for GST, but you register before you settle, that's absolutely fine, right? So that's the most important thing, right? Now, the other thing is, what happens with tenants and GST? So that's the number two thing, what happens with tenants and GST. Now, you are obligated to continue on with your GST registration and pay GST and calculate bases and, and all that GST stuff, whether it on a quarterly basis or a yearly basis, if your turnover, which means in that entity uh, or for your rent that you are collected, is over 75000 Now, that means that it's... That means that if you were buying a million-dollar property and you're getting a 7.5% yield, $75,000 net rent, and you're collecting that rent, you need to register GST. So you need to charge your tenant 75000 plus GST, and normally the way that tenants pay is you know, base rent plus GST plus outgoing. So we should have no problems collecting GST from the tenant. Collect the GST, and you need to pay the GST to the government. But what if you fall underneath that threshold. So let's say that you've bought a property for $500,000, 600000 and your tenant's paying $35,000 in rent. In the lease, and you need to check this, and this is very important because some leases say rent inclusive of GST. Some leases say rent plus GST. Now, you gotta be careful of that because this is one of the pitfalls that people get into. They see a property and sometimes the agents don't even know. So, and this is one thing that agents don't really look carefully on. They'll read the lease and the lease will say 35, next to the rent bracket, it'll say 35,000, right? So let's just say, you know, it, that's what it is. And often it will say inclusive GST or sometimes in that clause further down, it will actually say the rent is inclusive of GST. But most people don't read that far enough. So they don't realise that it is plus GST or inclusive GST. And sometimes you can buy a property and realise, oh my God, I've just lost ten percent because it's actually inclusive GST instead of plus GST. Now that's really important to know, right? So what you need to know is that you need to check the lease for plus or minus GST. Right? And if you're buying a five hundred thousand dollar property and you find that it's you know thirty five thousand, and you don't want to put in, you can't put anything in that entity right now. What I would suggest you to do is then go. Okay, I will buy. I will now. I've bought this property. Now I bought this property for five hundred thousand. I've got thirty five thousand. Now I did register for GST. Remember, we have to register for the purchase of this property. But now I don't want to continuously lodge, Baz, like GST. Uh, Reports because it costs me in accounting, cost me time, I don't need it, and my entity trades under $75,000 in turnover because my rent's not up there, right? So what do I do? Well, you can deregister for GST after the first quarter, which means that in the first quarter, you probably report GST, pay some GST, and then you can stop charging your tenant GST. And you've got to stop charging your tenant GST because you're not registered GST. You can't on charge to tenant. You can't collect it. So therefore, your tenant will pay thirty five thousand dollars, right? Thirty five, and that's one way that when we have looked at it practically for some of our clients who are on the lower level who are buying something that's five hundred thousand dollars or less, is that if there is a property that is say thirty five thousand dollars inclusive of GST, if they are deregistered for GST, they actually get the full thirty five thousand. They don't lose the ten percent upfront right and that can make the difference to having positive cash flow or not positive cash flow in this current market so that's really important as well so just think about that that remember that gst ongoing is different from gst when you purchase the property so there's two things purchase the property vacant plus gst tenanted with gst right and you need to budget for that if you can't have the budget for paying the GST, you need to find a tenant that is on a short lease, carryover lease, or a tenant that is in in situ in the property, but even on not, not on a lease. Or you could buy a property that has a lease starting during the time before you settle. So that's how you can not pay GST and what GST is the difference, right? And if you see ads that says plus GST does not mean it's just an ad. It's just an ad. It's not a contract does not mean you have to pay gst you have to check the rest of it to see where if there is a tenant what's the situation behind the tenant before you can establish whether you definitely pay gst or not and most of the time that's going to come up on the contract right but make sure your entities register gst for purchase of a commercial property so you can get the exemption as going concern number one number two when you actually start to operate, as in you are the landlord, you've got a tenant who is a commercial tenant, they're paying GST or they're not paying GST. Check the lease. Make sure that you check the bracket under the rent to see if it's plus GST or inclusive of GST. If you are buying a property that is going to be over the threshold, seventy-five thousand at the moment, if you're getting collecting more than seventy-five thousand dollars in rent, rent, regardless from one property, two property, or three or five properties, you have to register for GST and charge your tenants GST. There's no, you know no going back from that. Once you go over the 75000 you have to do that, right? So, so that means that going forward, uh, if you're in that bracket and you're accumulating a lot of properties over 75000 you need to keep your GST registration and pay GST on a quarterly basis or a yearly basis. depends on how you work it out with your accountant. But if you're buying a property under 500000 you know you can't afford to buy another property for a little while, You can deregister for GST in your entity after the first quarter. And what that will mean is that you stop paying GST, stop collecting GST from your tenant, you stop paying GST. It's much happier for your... uh, for your clients, so sorry, I mean your tenants, so they don't, you know, they don't need to pay you that. You don't need to collect it. You you save yourself the accounting fee. You don't have to put, give it to the tax office. You just run, you know, your normal tax returns on a yearly basis. So that's for properties that are trading for rent that's less than seventy five thousand. So you're buying a five hundred thousand dollar property, let's say, thirty five thousand is the the rent, and you're not charging GST. So you collect the rent, you pay the mortgage, and that's that's it. Now, if you get a property that has a a rent inclusive GST, and that rent happens to fall under seventy-five thousand. And you want to only keep it in one entity? You can do that as well, and therefore you you don't have to pay the GST on top. And often that is often you'll see leases like that, and that's been structured the way it is because uh, the owner actually is not registered for GST going forward, and because they're not registered for GST, they're not charging the tenant. So they've given them a lease that says inclusive GST when they really shouldn't have. And anyway, I know this sounds really, really complicated, but really it's to get two things straight. One, you purchase and during the, the actual lease well. So, um, that's the most important thing. Uh, look, if you need any advice, please reach out to us, helenandunicorn.com.au. Get a copy of the book. Give you lots of strategies around commercial. Join us for one of our events. You know, we're doing heaps of events around. So do check us out. Do send us an email and let us do a strategy for you. Build a strategy and let's build wealth together. So until next time, hunting and keep building that unicorn. Bye for now. So there you have it. You wouldn't have thought that I could take up 15 minutes talking about GST. Well, there's lots of ins and outs of the GST, and it's special applicable when you're doing a deal when there might be a tenant that's about to sign up, or when you have a vendor that's leasing back, or you have month-to-month tenants. Especially applicable when you're doing uplift projects. So make sure you navigate and understand GST. Make sure you do seek professional accounting advice. But of course, most... Uh, most transactions in commercial are pretty standard, but from time to time, GST still trips us up and it will still trip you up. So if it's a confusion of whether you should be registered or not registered and when you should be deregistered, do reach out either to us, helenaunicorn.com.au. Or simply reach out to your accountant and get a definitive before you progress further in the transaction. And if your transaction is subject to DD and finance, you should be fine regarding the GST issue because you can nut that out during the process. And you know, need a new contract? It sh- should it be? Should you need to set up a new contract because of GST? Either way, if you need a helping hand, you want us to help you find a property or help you to educate you on how to invest in commercial real estate, click the link. Book in an appointment, buy the book, listen and watch our YouTube channel or continue to listen to this podcast and let us help you build a cash flow rich portfolio through commercial estate. You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.